Have you ever wanted to or thought about that you were someone else or something that you were not? Well, for those that don't know, uh, that is an imposter. Are you an imposter? (laughs) So now you want to know what is an imposter. An imposter is, based upon Webster's Dictionary, a person who pretends to be someone else in order to deceive others, especially for fraudulent gain. Now that you know what an imposter is, are you a poser, a.k.a. an imposter? There is a name and a title that I don't know if you've heard it before, but imposter syndrome. How many of you listening today can tell me what imposter syndrome is without Googling it? Okay. Well, you know, when I give you words and I give you titles and I tell you, we talk about things, I try to inform you as to what it is. So imposter syndrome is... It's also called perceived fraudulent. It involves feelings of self-doubt, personal incompetence that persist despite your education, one, despite your experiences, two, and despite your accomplishments, three. Does any of this sound familiar? Let me, real talk. Are you being honest with you in the moment? Uh, Or are you doing what most of us do and not give what the person is saying full thought into, is this me? Does any of this sound like the things that I do? So let's go ahead and, and, and talk about imposter syndrome. You want to know what does it feel like? Imposter syndrome, based upon research, says it feels like a conflict between your own self-perception and the way others perceive you. Imposter syndrome feels like a conflict between what what you think of yourself and the way others perceive you. Now, I can't think, (laughs) I don't think growing up um, that we knew or called uh, imposter syndrome what it was because it was just kids being kids. Acting as someone (laughs) we say um, or someone that we saw or that we heard on Saturday morning cartoons. So I have a question for you. Do kids even watch cartoons anymore on Saturday mornings? Are are cartoons still a thing? (laughs) Do they still exist? Um, I don't know about you, but I remember Saturdays was, it was chore day. But Saturday also was cartoon day. Cartoons in the morning. 
you know, I don't know about you, but I've seen the, the commercials of uh, Saturday morning, people eating cereal in front of the television. Well, I'm here to tell you, um, a lot of people may not have had a television. And the back of the cereal box was the cartoon. And you would read it and you would turn it side to side and back to front. And that was your Saturday morning. I would hope that she didn't come downstairs anytime soon. Who is she? <laughs> A.K.A. my mother. Because when she came downstairs, she was going to tell me, ask me, remind me that I had what? That nasty word that all kids hate to hear that starts with a C. Chores. I don't know about you, but my kids, they just don't like to do chores. I say the word chore and it's like you turned the light on and all the bugs moved all over the place. Out of the way so they, you, you don't see them. Some of y'all will get that later. But real talk, it, you know, it is what it is. All right, so back to the topic at hand. Does hearing about imposter syndrome make you question your value? In the skin that you currently occupy, it might. But again, based on research, here's a deeper look at what it feels like when imposter syndrome has set in. You know, because you're talented already, um, people see it, you don't accept it as a gift. But you write it off as just being in the right place at the right time and just gaining success from that moment. Why in the world would you deny the fact of something that you have worked towards? It, has in, it is in you, the gift that God has given you, and you're working to perfect it. Maybe perfect isn't the right word. You're working to get better and better and better at uh, what God has given you, why do we downplay it? Why do we act as if we're not worthy? Well, people who suffer from imposter syndrome, they don't believe they've earned the success or accolades on their own merits. And they fear others will eventually realize the same thing. And then pretty much they're, they're scared that somebody's going to call them out for being a fraud. But remember what I said. They have the talent. They have the skill. They can do the thing. But the perception is they don't. So for my listeners that have any kind of psychology background or sociology background or um, have been in the, in the uh, mental health field, you know about the DSM-5. They've had, so if it's the five, they've had several versions um, up until then. And again, the, the, the pressure you put on yourself, it can mask, it can give off um, the impression that you are suffering from a mental health disorder, but that's not the case. But... It can be detrimental to your mental health. Over time, you know, this can fuel a cycle of anxiety, as I mentioned, and depression. And you're constantly living in fear of somebody figuring something out 
about you that you've told yourself that isn't there, but that you know that is. Um, one of the persons that I was looking at uh, in preparation for the show was, uh, her name's Dr. Valerie Young, and she wrote a book, The Secret Thoughts of Successful Women, Why Capable People Suffer from the from the imposter syndrome and how to thrive in spite of it all. So she gave types of people that suffer from imposter syndrome. So let's take a closer look at each type and how each type manifests. Now, get your pen, get your paper, take some notes. Um, if it applies, we gotta work to get, we gotta work to do better. If it doesn't, if you, you are well informed and you'll be a little bit more equipped on what to recognize, what to look for, um, if you tend to go down uh, this trail. So the first one is the perfectionist. You know, this person focuses primarily on how you do things. You're deemed, um, you deem perfection of yourself in every aspect of your life. Perfection isn't always a realistic goal. Who's perfect on the earth? Only person I know to be perfect is, is Jesus. So, so, and when you're striving for perfection in yourself and you don't meet these standards, it's a blow to you. Think about the last time that you tried to do something and you tried to do it very, very meticulous, perfect, right to the T, and it didn't work. You felt some kind of way. So what if you suffer from that? What if that happens every single time? Gets to be a bit daunting, right? Don't want to do it anymore, right? Well, psst. you might even try to avoid doing new things um, if you believe that you can't do them perfect the first time. Listen, I don't know about you. First time I tried to ride a bike, because that's the first thing that comes, comes to mind. The first time I tried to ride a bike, yo, I messed my knees up really bad. Still have the scar to, to this day. So if I went with the, at that young age, and I kept doing that, if I went with the, the perfection, I had to be perfect, and I didn't get it that first time, guess what? Today, I would not know how to ride a bike. And riding a bike is one of the, riding a bike is one of the most relaxing, one of my favorite things to do. So. You're not perfect. Listen to me. You're not perfect. Stop trying to be perfect. You will make you will make a mistake. You may mess up. It doesn't mean you are a fake. Especially if you have credentials, experiences to back it up. But number 2, we have the natural genius. This person has always picked up new skills and done so with little effort. But here's where the stress comes in. 
because they and you or you and they should understand new material and processes don't always happen. You don't always get them right away. Some things, there are some people, that's why they call it the natural genius, they do see things and pick it up. They can pick it up for the first time and they master it. It's not common. Most people have to try it, have to see it, have to do it a cup one or two times before they master it. But I'm going to leave that there. So, check it. Bottom line, if it doesn't come easily to you or you fail to succeed at the first try, <laughs> if you're suffering from imposter syndrome, you're going to, you may feel ashamed and or embarrassed. And you may never pick it up again. But what if that thing, what if that very thing that you decided that you didn't get the first time was the very thing that you, that was going to save the world? What if that very thing was that you decided not to pick back up? was something that was going to provide generational wealth for you and your children's 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 children. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Number three, the soloist. <laughs> um, soloist. The soloist believes you should be able to handle everything by yourself. Yeah, I paused on that because a lot of people, including me sometimes, Feel like I should be able to do it by myself. I don't need your help. I can get it done alone. You can't. But asking somebody for help or accepting support when it's offered doesn't mean you're failing. Doesn't mean you're compromising your standards. It just means that you need help. Two is better than one. And two or more agree. Okay. Four. The expert. The expert, um, before the expert can consider their work to be a success, they have to get all the information on the topic. Okay. So we all know, we all know a person that has to have all the information um, before they get started. Right? We all know one. But sometimes putting getting all the information is taking away from time to get the task done. And when you don't get the task done and you're suffering from the imposter syndrome, it just goes along with the fact that you think that you're a failure and people are going to find out. So understand as an expert, You have to get the information. You have to apply the information. And it, 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 then it allows you to figure out how much help you need with whatever it is that you're doing. Number five, the superhero. <laughs> we all know a superhero. Uh, everybody has one. Mine is Superman. So the superhero... That suffers from the that suffers that is dealing with the imposter syndrome. They link competency to the ability to succeed in every role that 
they hold. Student, friend, employee, parent, husband, wife, every role that you play, you, if you, it, you feel that if you're not competent, you're going to, you, you feel like you're a failure. You're not meeting the needs of every role that you play in your life. Um, and the superhero that is dealing with uh, the in imposter syndrome, you know, they push to succeed. They push themselves to the limit. Expending as much energy as possible in every role. And you can't do that. At some point in time, you have to put your mask on to save yourself. At some point in time, you have to rest in order to rejuvenate so you can effectively move through work on work in the roles that you play. Through work on work in the roles that you play. So, I hope you see how the pressures of imposter syndrome, how they can weigh on you. And when things weigh on you, it may take you to a breaking point. <clears throat> I know um, when I was in college, one of the things that I, um, I didn't like I didn't like to do group projects and I didn't like I didn't I didn't like them because I had to depend on somebody else and how many of you know as an only child you learn how to do things yourself so as I was going through this I was like is this me and what I realized when I was going through it and I was asking the question, is this me? There are other people out there that have asked the same thing. But we get to a place where we don't feel comfortable discussing these things. Hashtag the conversations we don't have. You follow me on Facebook, you'll know that that's one of my main hashtags that I've been using. The conversations we don't have. We have daddy issues. We don't have the dirty conversations because we are fearful of the response. You have a problem. When you have a problem, what do you do? Do you keep it to yourself or do you, do you talk about it? Most of the time, men in particular, um, can't really speak on women too much. I mean, I'm in a house, I'm in a house full, a household full of females. Um, but men in particular, when things are going wrong, what do we do? We either don't say anything or we give very, very short answers. They're very, very vague. And we want somebody to ask us the question. We want somebody to help us. But because we haven't established a relationship with another man or with another person, or we haven't reached out to a counselor or whomever we keep things to ourselves and then we give the answer I'm good so one of my friends I had asked him um, I was intentional 
especially in the month of May, to ask particular questions about your mental health. And I would not let the response good be the response that I accepted. How many of you know that several people that I asked the question to expound, give me a different answer on I'm good, didn't respond. I really think they got mad because I was forcing them in that moment to think outside of the norm. Bro, you not good? If you if if I tell you that I'm good, I'm probably want you to leave me alone. Cause I know if I tell you I'm good, it answers, it fulfills the answer to the question, and most people won't move forward. I've said this before and I'll say it again. You have to get yourself around a group of men, a group of people, another man that is going that is going to be willing to hold you accountable that's going to be willing to tell you that you're wrong that is not afraid to tell you that your stuff stinks that is not afraid to tell you you shouldn't do that you bet not do that because that is willing that is there for you to be the man that you have been called to be done as the days of being of being around your, your quote-unquote friend circle that allows you to continue to wild out knowing that that's not in your best interest. Done is the days of, of hanging around people that continuously allow you to make the same silly, stupid mistakes that are going to affect you not just today, but down the line and not tell you, whoa, bro, or whatever you whatever your your people would say they need to check you you have to get with somebody that's not scared of you to tell you when you walk out the bathroom with toilet paper on the bottom of your shoe that it's there